Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we systematically attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, experience, and share God's freedom. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and if you've listened to many of our past episodes, or if you've attended any Holy Loved events or visited our website, you know how much we value mental health tools, prayer, and the deep life-giving truths of scripture, which is why I am super excited to introduce you to today's guest, Jennifer Tucker, an author who has incorporated each of these powerful fear-fighting tools in one resource, Breathe as Prayer. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, Jennifer, she is an illustrator, a lettering artist, and graphic designer whose work has been featured in multiple publications and books, including The Message, Canvas Bible, and the ECPA best-selling coloring book, Whatever is Lovely. That sounds lovely. She lives in central Georgia with her husband, Mark, and two daughters, Emma and Lily. And Jennifer is a devoted follower of Jesus and an advocate for mental health. So you know why I really wanted her on this podcast. And she writes and shares her art online at littlehousestudio.net. And as I said, today we're discussing her upcoming release, Breathe is Prayer. It's a tool designed to help readers find hope amid anxiety through the spiritual practice of incorporating breathing exercises with prayer and the truth of scripture. And in her beautifully illustrated book, she provides over 80 prayers focused on scripture, equipped how-to guide for easy reference, reflection prompts, and more. And I'm thinking this book would be a great gift for those with adult children about to enter college for new moms, those starting a new career, well, anyone wanting to decrease their stress and anxiety and increase their peace and intimacy with Christ. Jennifer, I love this line that I pulled from the product description on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Breathe deeply, lean into God's word, and discover why every breath can be an invitation to pray. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Well, can you explain what Breathe Prayer is? 
Yeah, well, breath prayer is exactly what it sounds like. It's prayers you pray as you breathe, which in that case, like most prayers are breath prayers if you think about it, but breath prayers in particular are short, usually just one sentence prayers, and they're divided into two parts. You have the first part that you pray as you inhale slowly, and the second half you pray as you exhale slowly. So you're incorporating slow, intentional breathing along with intentional prayer where you're in it. They're really rooted in scripture, especially the ones that I did. I really like to pull from the God's word and use his words to guide the prayer because then you're really focused on his words. You're turning your thoughts toward Christ as you're also intentionally slowing your breathing. Just short little prayers aligned to the rhythm of your breath. I love that. Sorry, I've been mispronouncing it. Breath (laughs) prayers. I keep thinking breathe, like breathe it in. (laughs) Now we do have a global audience. And so I know people have different ideas when they hear the word meditation. And you do make that distinction in your book, the difference between maybe Easter meditation and biblical meditation. Could you help our listeners understand what you mean by that? Sure. And I think this is a really important point to make because there are lots of religions around the world that use meditation, use different types of prayer to reach some kind of inner peace. And a lot of times when you hear breath prayer, and even when I first read about it, it might sound a little, oh, this is a little too mystical. It's a bit new age. Like, hmm, I'm not quite sure about this because it's not something that's super common in a lot of faith traditions. I know it's not common in my own. And so um, I really did a lot of research to learn about it. It's been, it's actually a Christian practice that's been around for centuries. So it's nothing new. I didn't create it. I didn't come up with it, but it is different from Eastern spirituality because typically those types of meditation and mindfulness practices, the goal is to kind of empty the mind and to look inside yourself for some kind of inner peace or reach some sort of nirvana type feeling. Whereas Christian breath prayer is pretty much the opposite. In prayer, we're connecting to Christ. We're not looking inside ourselves for peace. We're looking to the source of peace, the one who is our peace, Christ. And so in breath prayer, yes, we're breathing, but it's God who gives us our breath. And the science behind the breathing exercise, which I'm sure we'll get to later, it's God created that. He made us that way. And so in Christian meditation, our mind is focused on Christ. Our mind is focused on his word. Our mind is focused on his truths and his promises. It's not looking within ourselves to find some kind of fulfillment or peace. It's looking to him. And so to me, that's the key difference that separates breath prayer from any other type of religious meditation or mindfulness practices. Yeah. Awesome. Now, when did you first discover this prayer, or maybe I should say fall in love with this type of brain. Sure. Well, I first discovered it a couple of years ago. My daughter was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder when she was in eighth grade. She had a panic attack the first day of eighth grade, and that sent us a bit reeling into the world of mental health and all of that. She was suffering from very severe panic attacks, very frequent, almost daily. And so In that process of trying to help her, I was doing a ton of research of what will help. The very first thing both her therapist and her psychiatrist told us was how important breath is, the breathing is, to calming anxiety. For Lily, for my daughter, breathing exercises weren't super helpful to her because when she focused on her breathing, it made her more anxious. (laughs) And so it actually increased her anxiety. So this is not a cure for all people. It doesn't work for everyone's different. And what works for some doesn't work for others. But I personally have struggled with anxiety my whole life. I denied it for years and years and years. I pushed it down. I didn't want to face it because, you know, you're told be anxious for nothing. Do not fear, you know. So I thought I was so 
bad for having these feelings of anxiety, for struggling with it for so many years. I didn't really address it in my own life. So it, it came out in lots of different ways, perfectionism, people pleasing, this need for control in my life um, was all rooted in anxiety I've learned in the last few years. So in helping my daughter through her anxiety, I actually had to address my own and really focus on, well, how do I help manage my own anxiety and face, okay, this is, I have it too. So in, in order to help her with her anxiety and learn to manage hers, I had to address and learn to manage my own. And so in that process, I did a ton of research and that's how I stumbled really upon breath prayers on online when I was just researching different breathing techniques and different things like that. Because her psychiatrist told us, and this phrase stuck with me and actually wrote it in the book, breathing is the bridge between the brain and the body. The breath is that bridge between telling your brain, is your body safe? What's happening in your body? It's so that breath is really, really powerful. And so looking into breathing exercises, trying to figure out how to help. I stumbled upon breath prayers. And so, and I wrote a little blog about it because I was so excited. I'm like, these are so cool. This is so great. And, but it wasn't until last year when my daughter was admitted into the hospital for an extended period of time, when breath prayers literally became my lifeline, she was admitted and um, I won't go into all the details, but we were there for 19 days. And I remember the very first night I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And we had been on this mental health journey with her for two and a half years at that point. But this had this was the most scared I had been to that point. She was very, very sick. She needed a lot of help and I didn't know what to do. And so they had, she was asleep in the hospital. It was like two in the morning. I was exhausted. Um, because we drove from our house two hours up to Atlanta to the children's hospital that had the specialty care that she needed. And there was this vinyl couch. I remember hard as can be, that was going to be my bed. And so I remember laying down there and there was a nurse in the room. So they had to monitor her every 15 minutes. And I was just terrified and I just crying and I was struggling to breathe, let alone pray. And I'm like, I don't know how to pray through this. I don't even know any words to pray. I don't even know what to say anymore. Cause I've, I've prayed everything I know to pray. God, I've told you everything I know to say. And so that's when I remembered breath prayers. All of a sudden it just came in my head, this one little breath prayer, which was rooted in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That's just so loud in my head. That's all I could think of. That's the only words that filled my mind. And so I'm like, okay. So I breathed in, I inhaled slowly. The Lord is my shepherd. And then I exhaled, I have all that I need. And as I prayed that, and I did it several times, just breathing, where's my shepherd? I have all that I need. I reminded, it reminded my soul that, you know, God is right there with me. I may not know what tomorrow holds, but he does. And he loves us. He's our shepherd. He's caring for us. I have everything I need because I have him. And it's hard to explain the peace that filled me that night, even in the middle of so much unknown and so much what seemed like just darkness and a path ahead that I had no clue how we were going to walk. I just had this peace like, okay, he's our shepherd. I have all I need. He's with me. And I was able to fall asleep that night on that couch. And it's not like a one-time fix. I remember every day I would pray breath prayers. And that's the one I prayed the most probably that I would walk the halls of that hospital praying breath prayer, just calming down my own anxiety because it would flare up so bad in those weeks, but it really helped me and it became a lifeline to me. So that's when breath prayers really became such an 
an important part of my own management of my anxiety, but also in my relationship with God and just a great way to connect with him through his word, through his words. When I don't have words to pray, they're words that I can easily pray and turn my mind to him. And it really has helped me a lot. That's awesome. You know, and I've heard from a lot of people, especially if they do have generalized anxiety or a significant mental health challenge where their thoughts just run so fast, they can't control them or even stop to pray. And so I heard a little bit of that when you were talking about that that night. But what would you say to them if they're mm-hmm. saying, I don't feel like I can control my thoughts right now. What would be maybe a first step? Okay. Well, firstly, that's totally normal and common. That's what happens when we get anxious. Our body has an automatic response to that anxiety and our amygdala and our brain, which is sometimes called our emotional brain is activated and it literally shuts down our thinking brain, the prefrontal cortex. So that's kind of how our body's made to work. Great when you're faced with like a bear in your path, if you're hiking on a mountain or something and you need to act quick, but it's not so great when it's, you know, oh, I have this list of things to do and you're anxious about that and you can't think straight because I have all these racing thoughts in my head. And so it's totally normal to have trouble thinking. And that's why I think breath prayers are helpful because they give you words that you can pray and repeat, even if you can't think of them on your own. And this is where the breathing side of it really helps because when when you're really anxious, the, the sympathetic nervous system is what's activated. And so that fight or flight response that we know so much about is activated, but breathing, if you can slow your breathing, it will activate your vagus nerve, which activates your parasympathetic nervous system, slows your heart rate and calms that amygdala and tells your body, listen, I'm safe. You're okay. And then your brain can start thinking again, and then it can start working again. And so sometimes when I do breath prayers, if I'm really anxious, I'll just breathe a couple times first before I even start praying the words. And just that slow, intentional breathing will help you be able to think and be able to pray those words. So it's the combination of the breathing and the prayer to me that makes it a really powerful tool, especially if you're really anxious. So yeah, and it's it's a scientific way God wired us. He made us that way, which I think is pretty amazing. I mean, he gave us our breath and through our breath, we're able to kind of help help our body have peace through remembering Christ. So, and about how long does it take for a breath prayer? As long as it takes to breathe. I mean, they can be, they're really short. I do find that if you breathe, at least my favorite breath uh, exercise is to inhale slowly for five seconds and exhale slowly for five seconds. So that takes about 10 seconds. And if you repeat that about six times, it's a minute to me by the end of a minute, by the time I do six slow breaths, I notice a difference in my anxiety. It really has helped to calm me. And I typically try to pray breath prayers for about three to five minutes for breathing exercises. They recommend doing like five minutes at a time. And maybe even three times a day, the more you do it, the more your body that you're training your body to respond to stress differently is what you're doing here. So when you feel those feelings of anxiety flare up, if you start breathing slowly and calming your breath, just stop for a few minutes and slow down. It only take a minute or two or up to five minutes. And it really does make a difference. And over time, the more you do it, the more you're, that'll be your automatic response rather than Typically, my automatic response used to be, well, I'm just, you know, going to freak out a little bit here and I'm going to, you know, but the more I find that I respond to my anxiety intentionally by, okay, I'm going to stop and I'm going to breathe. I'm finding that's becoming more and more automatic. 
where I feel these feelings of anxiety and I find myself just slowly breathing and praying a breath prayer. And so it becomes more, I'm shifting my automatic response to how I deal with anxiety. And it doesn't take long. They're really simple, really short. That's why I think anybody can do it. Like I said, it doesn't help everyone. And you may not find breathing exercises help you, but prayer to me helps absolutely everyone. I mean, you can't go wrong turning to Christ and focusing on his word. To me, that will help absolutely everyone. But (laughs) yeah. And even if I think to remember, even if this doesn't help or it doesn't help right away, that's not an indication of your relationship with Christ because his faithfulness is based on his character and yeah, so I, I just to, for us to remember that that our emotions are not indicative of truth. So I like how you talked about just shifting and retraining our our minds and our bodies. And in your book, you actually had recommended that people, well, I think you said go from a week to a month. And I'm assuming that's probably why is because you're you're encouraging them to retrain their response. So how long did it take you? I mean, I know when you had that hospital experience, you you felt a wave of supernatural peace from Christ. And I think sometimes he does that. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. he just gives those gifts of I'm with you. And sometimes we don't feel that presence and we just have to trust he promised to be with us. Mm-hmm. But how long of practicing and retraining your body did it take before you started to notice a marked difference? Well, first, I think your point is really important because if we base everything on our feelings, we're going to be led a bit astray because even though breath prayer, yes, it brought me peace that night, but not every time I pray breath prayer, do I get, okay, now I'm all kind of calm and at peace. But it, what it does is it reminds me of the truths that are true, no matter how I feel, no matter what emotions are pressing in, no matter what anxiety is flaring up. And that does help bring a source of peace. Even if I'm not feeling peaceful, I can have peace, abiding peace within. And so, but as far as the, how the breath prayers and the breathing, it took it really, if I do it consistently, I really notice a difference. Even within a week, I notice a a significant difference in my day-to-day anxiety that I have. So the more consistent I can be at it, and I can tell if I don't, if I kind of slack off and I'm not breathing intentionally or um, praying breath prayers regularly, I can notice that my anxiety is increases a little bit over time um, because I'm not doing anything actively to manage it. And so it kind of becomes a preventative for me a bit. If I can just continue, if I remember to and make it a point to every day, just take five minutes and pray breath prayer. And usually for me, I start out with a breath prayer, the little short one sentence, breathing in and out. And it just naturally leads into a deeper prayer with Christ. It naturally leads into a conversation with Christ and where I'm really praying. It just, it, it's that initial turning my mind to him and slowing down and really just focusing. And it breath prayer really helps me to do that. It's not the end all. It's not the only prayers I pray. It usually is the door that opens up to deeper prayer prayer for me. Anytime an intention, more intentional about prayer and I do it more consistently, I notice a deeper peace over time. Um, it just, it, it just helps, but yeah, I'd say, I mean, to me, I notice it pretty right away, but also the more consistent I do it a week, a month, uh, I try to track it a little bit journal and see, okay, is it really helping me? And it really does. It really does. So when I love how It sounded like you had an open conversation with your daughter Mm -hmm. when she was struggling. And then God used that to kind of lead you 
towards freedom. And I think that's really his heart for all of us. You know, he said, I, I came to set you free. And, but sometimes it takes work. Sometimes it takes some, some investigating, some researching and perseverance to experience it. And so it sounds like that's what occurred with you. And it sounds like potentially your daughter maybe pursued it in a different way. Sure. Yeah. And I think everybody's different. So what helps one person may not necessarily help the next. Mental health is tricky. There's so many factors that affect mental health conditions. Um, My daughter in particular has multiple layers of things happening. And so it's not, there's no one simple, easy answer. And unfortunately it does take usually quite a bit of time and research and, and specialists and trying to figure out what's the best method here to help her. And for me, for me too, I think a lot of times we push aside our mental health. We put it to, we don't focus on it. We don't see it as a priority or important, especially in our faith communities. I think there's a lot of times we don't address the mental health side. We don't understand it. It's kind of this, we just, just pray more, just trust God and you won't feel that way. Well, that's not really true. It's a, it, it involves your brain, which is an organ, just like your kidneys or your heart or your lungs, you know? So, and we live in a fallen world with broken bodies that are subject to the consequences of the fall. And so our bodies don't always work the way that God intended them to. They don't function always the way that he planned them to at the beginning in the garden. And so as a result of that, even our brains are affected, even our minds are affected. And so learning that that's okay, but we don't have to stay that way. I heard a pastor once explain too that in our world, we are bombarded by more information than our brains were really meant to carry. And I've been off Facebook actually now for about a month mm-hmm. and it, my account was actually disabled. I think it was like a glitch, but it turned out to be a blessing from God that I mm-hmm. think we just have so much coming at us that we can and for our kids, I I am not surprised your daughter deals with anxiety. I think any child that has gone through COVID and just all of the uncertainty and and the social media, I mean, it's just more than we can manage. And so I love how you just hit pause to kind of pull away from some of that. How does this really how has it deepened your relationship with Christ, your intimacy with him? Well, I think anytime we spend time with him, it's going to deepen that intimacy. And so breath prayers, because such a key part of it is prayer and it's talking to God that it's just being intentional about it and consistent. I mean, it's naturally going to draw you closer to him. It it reminds my soul of of his word, of his truth, of his promises he's made to me. It, it, it reminds me that he's there with me every day, every moment of the day. He's as close as my breath. He gives me my breath. And with that breath, he sustains me. And so it just has deepened my love for him, you know, and just knowing that he's with me and that all I got to do is, is, is breathe. And he's there. Like even the sound of our breath is his name. You know, I don't know if you've heard that before that Yahweh, that, inhale and exhale, they say is, could be the sound of 
God's name himself. So even in our breath, we're speaking his name. He's so close. He's in everything. And so just slowing down, like you said, we're bombarded by so, so much every day and the rush in the world of everything. It's, it's overwhelming. And it's no wonder that mental health conditions have increased significantly, particularly anxiety and depression, because we are, and it's so hard to filter out all that noise and focus on what really matters most. And I think through breath prayer, it slows me down. It makes me stop and focus on something very simple, but very profoundly true. And so that's why that's how it's really helped me. And I don't think I'll ever not <laughs> pray breath prayers because they've really just, and like I said, it's not the only way I pray, but it has been a significant way for me to really just slow down and be intentional with my prayer and not just be some flipping, oh, we'll pray before we eat or we pray this little because we tend to be repetitive with our prayers or tend to be, you know, just throw them out there. And we can, we can talk to God all the time in any way. But to me, breath prayers, I'm intentionally focusing on these words in a really intentional way. I'm really focused in on what I'm praying and the words that I'm praying. There's a type of meditation called mantra meditation, where you repeat the same words over and over again. And the point is so those words and lose their meaning and you empty your mind type thing. But with breath prayer, you're focused on these words and repeating them, not for the point of they're losing their meaning, but for the point of really deepening their meaning in your heart, like really understanding and allowing God, inviting him in and saying, okay, what, how do you want to use this in me? How, what are you teaching me, showing me through this? And it, they're small little snippets of God's word, but they can be so powerful if you really open your heart up and invite Christ into your struggle. Say, here, God, this is where I am. And you invite him in. We talk a lot on this podcast about how with every fear, there's often a lie attached to it. And so we counter that fear by not even just thinking that, okay, God's going to fix this, but thinking of who God is in his character. And I'm curious, you know, as you do these prayers, has God used it to maybe reveal lies that, that you have had or, or that, that you weren't even aware of, like, is he going to really care for me? Or does he really love me? Or is he really present? Have you noticed just that he has used this experience to search out and purify your heart? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I pray, I pray different and you'll notice in the, in the book too, I have different themes throughout the book and there's some prayers that focus on repentance, some prayers that focus on his presence, prayers that focus on trust. And I think that's a big part of it. I think God does do that through prayer. When we talk to him, he will reveal, okay, this isn't, this isn't truth though, that you're leaning into when I'm scared of like in the hospital, I don't know what this path is going to be. I don't know what I'm supposed to do tomorrow. How do I, I can't help her or God, how are you, how are you even, what are you doing? Like the, all those questions. When I pray, he reminds me through his word of the truth though. God is good. God is kind. And that's, that goodness is not based on my circumstances or what's going on in my life. He is good. And his faithfulness isn't based on my faithfulness and what I do. It's because that's who he is. And so I can rest in knowing if he said he's going to work all these things out for our good and for his glory, 
then I can count on that. He's going to work it all out for our good and for his glory. Now, will our good look the way I think our good needs should look (laughs) the way I want to control it and make it look? Maybe not because the way what he sees as good might be a different picture than what I'm picturing in my head. And I've had to let go of a lot of that control. And I think that's what breath prayers have helped me do too. Just kind of, I don't have control over all this and that's okay. I may not know the best way to help my daughter, but God does. He's with her and he loves her more than I do. And so reminding myself of that, no, God knows and he loves her and he's here. And even though this looks crazy hard right now and might look a bit hopeless and really, really dark, that doesn't mean there isn't a way And that doesn't mean he's not making a way just because I can't see it, you know, and to remind myself, he's still working. He's still here, even though I don't feel that way. I tend to be a big feeler and I feel things really deeply. And so I really rely on my feelings a little too much, you know? And so if I'm feeling a certain way, then, oh, well, that's the truth. But my feelings aren't always the truth. God's word is always the truth. And so if I can turn to his word, It will help me process those feelings I'm feeling through the filter of his word and his truth and what is really true. And so that has helped me a lot. And I think that's really helped me to focus in on his truth and his word because they're based in verses of scripture. That's what's helped me, I think, the most is because I'm really focused in on what is true, not what I'm feeling in that moment. And that's been a powerful shift for me personally. That's awesome. I, you know, I think a lot of times people think that they just don't have time, especially if they're dealing with anxiety and if they're in a high stress environment and, you know, maybe a mom who works full time and then, and maybe is a sand in the sandwich generation, as they call it also caring for parents. And, but I'm curious, you know, I always think we think we don't have time, but we don't recognize how much time and sleep and energy that anxiety steals from us by not dealing with it. And I would be curious to know, How has your productivity changed, your energy level changed since you have become more acknowledging of your anxiety and really proactive? That's a tricky question because I'm not really great at it all the time. Um, I have found when I'm when I'm consistent and very intentional, I am very it's very easy for me to make all the excuses to I don't have time because, well, we had, for example, like I had to pull. Lily out of school, public school. So we're homeschooling. And so all that's involved in that. And then I, I work freelance from home and do different projects for different things. And so I am not the best at being organized (laughs) with things. And so, but, and so, and so I get those, those feelings, like you don't have time. Like I can't fit this in. I can't add one more thing to my giant list of things to do. And my focus has a lot of time shifted to caring for my family and caring for Lily and taking care of her needs. And so I kind of push myself to the side. It has taken me a long time <laughs> to shift that mindset a bit, but I have found when I am intentional and I am consistent, it does help because it, I like to start my day with breath prayers and with prayer. And if I can start my day with that, it really does kind of set me up for more success through my day. I feel like, because I've already started in a calm place, connecting with Christ focused on him first and not opening Facebook and scrolling through that and focused on all the craziness there, you know, like it's really easy for your mind to just go. And so I have to intentionally though, it has to be an intentional thing, especially at the beginning when you're first starting, because you don't automatically 
want to do it, you know? <laughs> so yeah, but no, I, I have found that it is definitely helpful if I'm really intentional and consistent with it. So we just have a few more minutes and I would love if you could guide our listeners. And I know some of our listeners just are really struggling with some really challenging job loss, relational issues, health issues, caring for loved ones, loss of loved ones. And for some of them, they have multiple things piling on them at once. So I would love if you could just give them a gift today of helping them hit pause. And if you could guide them in a breath prayer. Sure. Well, I'm going to go with my go-to one, which is Lord, you are my shepherd. I have all that I need. And so we're going to pray that prayer as a breath prayer. The first half is you are my shepherd. So as you inhale slowly through your nose, when we talk about breathing, we talk about smelling the flowers and blowing out the candles for how you breathe. So imagine yourself just inhaling really slowly and smelling some beautiful flowers. So we're going to inhale for a count of five. So inhale one, and then exhale for five, like you're blowing out all those candles on that cake until you fully get rid of all the air in your belly. <laughs> and so as we pray this breath prayer, that's how you're going to breathe. You're going to inhale slowly through your nose and then you're going to exhale slowly through your mouth. And so I can't say the words and inhale with you, but I'm going to say inhale. And then you're going to pray these prayer, this prayer in your head, talk to God talk to him. That's kind of the whole point is we're not just repeating these words, just to repeat them, but really talk to Christ and remind your own soul that he is your shepherd and you have all that you need. So inhale with me, Lord, you are my shepherd. Exhale. I have all that I need. Do it again. Inhale, Lord, you are my shepherd and exhale. I have all that I need. We'll do it one more time. Inhale, Lord, you are my shepherd and exhale. I have all that I need. That's awesome. Your voice is very soothing as well. So I know, I know that was just a blessing for our listeners. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today, visiting with us today. We will have your book listed in our show notes along with where people can find you. And thank you to our listeners for listening. We hope today encouraged you and just gave you that moment of pause to help you recenter in Christ who is with you and who loves you. If you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to this podcast that then you won't miss a single episode. Make sure to rate it. That helps others to find it and it encourages our team as well. Until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com. Or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. 
Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.